Welcome to the Unified Gospel Podcast with Jordy Hutton and Nick Budick. Our aim is to do our part in accomplishing Jesus' mission described in John 17 by having open conversation with pastors, church leaders, and truthfully anyone who shares our mission, unifying the church. We hope you enjoy. Um, talking, you kind of talked a little bit ago about community. Yeah. And that's some, it seems like that's a few things that always come up in our, in pot, in our podcast is community, um, conversation and, and rest. Um, but, uh, one of my favorite things, um, if you haven't, didn't know relevant life is in a new building yeah. um, in Fargo. One of my favorite things is, is walking in and you see the map. Yeah. And I absolutely love that. I know it's been a huge part of relevant yeah. is, is, is seeing the, the picture of Fargo Moorhead. Right. Um, can you talk a little bit about creating community? Uh, we've had a couple weeks ago, we talk, had, had Robbie, Robbie Steele on. He talked about, let's go about, uh, about finding community in church. Um, you talked about with, with kids who don't have community. Can you kind of address that a little bit? And, and how we how you preach that and how you help people continue to find community. I'm gonna interrupt that question for just a second. Um, this is one of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, so Nick and I, to varying degrees and for varying amounts of time, have been part of the staff at Relevant Life Church. Yes, so yes. Relevant has a big place in both of our hearts. Yes. Um, one of the things that I always think about when I think about my time at Relevant Life, and it was five years ago probably when that ended, but um, one of We're the things still grieving about that, by the way, uh, same yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, but so when we, when I think about my time there, um, I was a part of a location change yes. in my time there Yep. and we had an idea of where we were going. Like we knew right. we had to move. Yep. We didn't know where we were moving. We had an idea of where we were moving and it looked good. And it like, we were pretty set on moving into this new location. Right. And then suddenly just floor fell out underneath us sure. and we stopped. And we had a staff meeting the day after. And yep. I'm thinking like, like I'm hurting. You know, like this right. is a bummer for me, you know. And mm-hmm. I was anticipating like we're going into this and we're right. like, we're just going to grieve together. Right. And we walked in, sat down. And first thing Travis said is like, all right, God didn't have that for us. Let's pray about what's next. Right. And it was always like this was God's plan from the beginning. Right. Like we pursued what we thought God had. We were wrong. Right. Yep. And we just keep doing that. And so yep. that was very impactful to me. Hmm. Um, and so with you guys going into it now, like you're not mobile anymore. For right. The first time, you know, and we're not a Moorhead, which and is, which is, is kind of wild. Too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah. Yeah. I think, go ahead. Bro, I was finish. just going to say, you know, as like, as you moved into that that new location, like seeing all of the prayer mm-hmm. for you know the last ten years, like, yeah, mm-hmm. not that like not that this location is like the culmination of all of the prayers of the last right. ten years, but like seeing the faithfulness and seeing the way that you, as the leader of the staff, you and Becky as the leaders, and just as like the way you've led the staff of the church to continue seeking God in all of it. Um, 
is incredibly encouraging to me. Sorry, guys, I did not put do do not disturb. What a fail there! Yeah. It's like having church and and the idiot doesn't silence their phone. Yeah, this it's going to end up on YouTube. But, oh yeah. man, <laughs> um, I have so much to say about that transition yeah. and community. I mean, you kind of brought up a lot there. Nick opened the door, and then you. Um, Sorry, Nick. No, you had no. a great question. No, it? I'm gonna Robin. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to kind of dive into a few different things that you brought up. One, I just I really do love you guys and I think that that element of one of my one of the favorite things that I get to do is pour into people. Now in a and I even no matter how go ahead brother what are you going to say? He's I was just laughing. thinking Nick and I were intern interned at Rome yeah. at the same time. I don't know if we ever told you this. Uh-oh. Um confessions. We decided at one point like on Sunday mornings, we need to pretend like we're not as good friends so we don't make people feel bad <laughs> about how close wow. we are. I never knew this. <laughs> so like were we you had, like catty to each other? Or no, like, no, no. We were like, we were cordial. Yeah. Like we were friends, but we but backed didn't. off a lot on like inside jokes and like, wow. yeah, yeah. We pretended like we weren't quite as good of friends as we were. <laughs> that is funny. I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah, and they also made us not sit next to each other in staff meetings. Oh, that's definitely <laughs> true. And Stephen as well, because there was a lot of disruption. Yeah. There was a lot of disruption happening. Constant like, fist bumps under the table. Guys, I'm supposed. I'm trying to talk here. What are we doing? What are you laughing about in the corner? And so, no, it was. It was super. I mean, it. It is super fun. And when I say grieving, obviously we're so proud of you, bro. And just like has it's been so cool even to see like how you do church and and what i actually think it's beautiful i didn't frankly didn't understand the model um and i was kind of like what are you doing bro and i mean we have so much backstory now of like it's so interesting to see god's plan unfold and and how god use your transition to put you in a position that maybe you're like, dang, I'm not ready for this. And, but it's beautiful to see like the gifts in both of you, Nick being in the school district, Nick being a part of our church for a long time, being on staff for several years. I mean, and still being like a really high committed volunteer who's now in our kids ministry, which if you would have ever told me when you first started that that was going to happen. I never would have thought that. Not that he was bad with kids, but I just, that passion, we hadn't seen that really be developed or cultivated yet. And so it's been so fun to watch your, your journeys. And, um, so one of the things it's a part of community and then I'll come back to the geographical piece of that. Cause I actually think there's an element of moving into a permanent space that kind of facilitates community in a way that I didn't realize that it would. And maybe it was just because the grace of God on my life was like, you got to figure out when you're mobile, you just have to figure out how to do all of those things without making the excuse that you don't have a permanent location to keep you from that. Cause I think we had great community even being portable. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think that element of, choosing when it comes to a staff perspective and a relational perspective this has been a challenge for me but it's also just something that I feel like the Lord has just said you're going to do this and that is to lead relationally and so 
meaning that there's this element of, well, you're in charge. Mm -hmm. So how are you really going to be vulnerable and lead with vulnerability and, um, and apologize? I mean, I'd apologize to a staff member Monday, you know, um, I apologize to Jordy in a phone call of just like, Hey, if, if you felt this or, or saw this and in any way, like, I feel like we're trying to be more healthy as we go. And so as a church and as an organization, so I think that's really important is just like for people to see your humanity <clears throat> and to just, and to make the decision, like you can be in charge, you can unapologetically be in charge and have great relationships with the people that you lead with. And I don't, ever want to stop doing that even at the risk of being hurt and even at the risk of being misunderstood and and hurting and other people feeling hurt by you and you can't again you can't always control other people's perceptions of you you can just control about you know what you do and your actions and so I don't ever want to stop leading that way and 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 hopefully in the process of even regardless of how involved or not involved you know, people, cause people have to come and go and that's been, the, that's been hard, but I've also seen like the fruit of that, like we're going to invest fully into people while they're here and that'll be, there'll be levels of commitment that we can do within that. Some of that's contingent upon their life stage. Some of that's contingent upon our church and how it changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never, I think that's a really important thing to lead relationally in whatever you do and, and, and if that's a struggle, I would really challenge you. I feel like this is someone that's for listening right now. It's definitely for me to deal with your insecurities. Cause I think a lot of that is rooted in your fear of, of having to not just share. I'm not saying you have to share everything, but this fear that you have to have it all together or this fear of, what if, what if they see this or, or wow, I can't admit that I'm wrong sometimes or, and dude, I just don't see that in scripture again. So, but the community piece, Nick is challenging. And because I think the greatest enemy, um, is the calendar. Mm-hmm. I think the calendar is actually harder to deal with than someone's immorality. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that immorality isn't important to deal with, but I'm saying I don't even get the opportunity to talk about what's going on in your life if I don't get to see you. Yeah. You know, you had something to say about that? Well, no, I was just thinking about how like one of the greatest things you can do for community is is make time. Right. And right. We're just uh just preaching on, on Nicodemus uh a kids church. Jesus made time in the middle of the night. Mm. Middle of the night, the dude was sneaking around, wow. and he made time in the middle of the night. So I love that your calendar thing is, it's, that's beautiful. It's like that's, yeah. that is our biggest challenge with community. Yeah, well, and I think, I think also there's this weird, there, I'm a big thing of like studying trends and generations. There, I actually think your generation like comes to church for community, mm-hmm. whereas in my generation probably comes to church for preaching worship like the experience not not to say that your generation doesn't appreciate the experience but i actually think even in some ways now a trend a church trend is going of it's actually i'm done with your 
freaking laser shows mm-hmm. and and i like you can have a laser show but if i can't meet friends here then i don't want to come mm-hmm. you know and and that's it's a really interesting transition that's happening and just even just like recently our church stopped playing tracks which is weird and like weird for me in the sense of we gotta have the best and i'm not saying that we won't still play tracks or that we won't do like a combo but i felt like as a church we have to just one get better as a worship team for being able to create moments and in prayerful moments in the middle of a song that's more challenging Mm -hmm. during a track um but also just like why we don't have the lead guitar player from elevation in our church so why do we have to have that solo in there of some dude that's not even freaking playing it sorry i don't know if i can say freaking on this (laughs) podcast so anyways sorry go ahead what were you gonna say i was just gonna say frick so it wasn't oh yeah so it was like stupid (laughs) it was so I think that community kind of how do I tie that into tracks and church or whatever? People are looking for authenticity. Mm-hmm. They're looking, they don't, they're looking for realness, not polish, not perfection. And so, um, so I think, I think understanding generationally too, like, even though our generation would say, well, we're, we just want the experience and we just, and I think even, Honestly, some of the hardest people to engage in community are people my age. And some of that is, and not to say that younger people don't have the challenge of that too, but some of that is it's less of a priority because I don't think they see the need in it as much as younger people are like, we're looking for mentors. We're looking for, we actually want multi-generation. Like we want older folks Mm -hmm. a part of our lives. Like we need that. And my generation was like, we don't need anyone, you know, and even my mom's generation, like Pink Floyd, we don't need no (laughs) education, you know, like, so I love that. I think that there's a, there's a transition happening where, where even when it comes to church, uh, you think about like how Jesus just spent time with people at a dinner table, like you said, created moments, for people actually have a tattoo um on my wrist and and it says when my hand is out it says i am here yeah when my hand is up it says here i am and so the element is my hand is up to god and in surrender i need you jesus i'm i'm here for you my life belongs to you mm-hmm. and when my hand is out it says is a reminder that i need to be fully present for the person that's in front of me. And that's a challenge. And I also put it right under my wrist because what prevents me sometimes for that, my freaking phone, Mm -hmm. you know, my, whatever it is that distracts me. And so I want to be here. My, it's a reminder for me when I'm home with my family, when I'm home with my kids, it's like Jordy said, the 5%. Um, so a couple other thoughts about community too. be full, being fully present. I think community takes time. And I'm a very much like idea to implementation. You guys know that. Like I, I, if I think it, let's do it tomorrow, you know, and some of that has served our church really well. Some of it has not because it's putting expectations on people that maybe aren't ready for that or 
great, you have that idea, but we're not ready to implement it or it might not be the right timing. Anyways, I'm realizing you cannot rush community. And really even telling people, you have permission to let this take time. Like, it takes time to find your squad. And, 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 and it, but again, you can't start that process if you don't make time. Mm-hmm. And, well, I have five kids. Well, I have freaking nine. So, <laughs> like, you know, and I, and I run a not, wow, the freaking word just really is coming yeah, out. You're feeling it. We yeah. the vulnerability. Yeah. And so I think that, that like making uh, making time and and even just the awareness of wow this really matters to God like a part of your spirituality and your development and your maturity comes from relationships mm-hmm. and so we've even just tried to redefine because people are just like life groups yes yes life groups yes yes instead of that it's like find your people mm-hmm. well how do you find your people you you hang out, you do coffee, you get your kids together, you make time, you know? And, and so I would say though, from a church perspective by far, and maybe it's just cause I don't know that it's necessarily in general, like the, the national church, but in our church, I would say the biggest challenge that we have is helping people create community. So it's like, for us, it's probably not probably it's priority number one right now yeah. for us is to figure out that disciple making disciples relationships. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to say I'm glad we went over tattoos in an episode already. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, people already know it's okay to have tattoos. You think that would have triggered some folks? <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> probably. Mm. Maybe not people actually listening, but. You know, it's interesting. Some people get I got like a about f- it. almost like a it's not a full sleeve, but I got a fairly large Polynesian tattoo, like armband, and it's now it's starting to go up. And it was weird. No one said anything negative at our church, and I'm, f- I mean, I'm fairly confident that no one left because of it. But I was kind of hoping, like, if someone does, mm-hmm. well, I was like ready to like, mm-hmm. let's chat about this. <laughs> Let me show you what this means. Yeah. And every person, like I, one guy is like in his sixties. I showed him my wrist tattoo and what it meant. He started weeping. Mm. He goes, "That's what I needed from my dad." Mm. It's powerful. Anyway, so uh, Rob Ketterling's mom, mm-hmm. which Rob Ketterling's is awesome pastor in Minneapolis. His mom is like a prayer warrior. She shared his testimony at conference one time of getting a, G, a tattoo. And I think it's said in Greek or something like Jesus loves you or something. And it was like a conversation starter and how many people she was able to share. This is like a lady in her seventies, like old school Pentecostal camp Christian. I mean, she, you know, she probably didn't go to movie theaters for the first 30 years of her life, but her sharing that story. And she took, she took a picture like of the guy that tattooed her. Like he was just this scary looking dude and uh it's powerful so it can totally be a, a tool yeah that's uh going off that's one of our favorite things about tattoos is the the conversation piece we're all pretty it's a pretty tatted up yep. podcast let's go let's yeah. go and so uh we i mean that that's one of the one of our favorite things about just the idea of that it opens door it's a comfortable thing to talk about you hate it you, you love it it's gonna create a conversation 
Um, do you have do you have like the 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 number of the reference of? You go back to episode twenty three and look. I'm just I'm just kidding. You don't so. have to find that's, that. That's that's uh, Jordy has that capability. Yeah. So uh, you don't you don't you just. It's called tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> so if you just scroll, it's it's called tattoos. I it's love that, older. We, that you guys were okay that we kind of took this direct. Yeah. We started with nonprofits. Yeah. Now we're at tattoos. Yeah, we yeah. we went tran- transgender. We, we're all over the place. We're all here. we're all for a conversation. Yes. Yep. Come on. Yep. Um. Yeah. I mean. I I said it in that episode, but the the tattoo that I have is a reference to Psalm forty six. Love it, and I I love that psalm so much. And no one has ever just walked up to me like, "Hey, what's your favorite Bible verse?" Right. But almost every time I'm wearing short sleeves, someone comes up and like, "Hey, what's that tattoo?" Love it. And then I talk about Psalm forty six. That's cool. Yeah. So That's anyway, really cool. tattoos are good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, talking about switching up the conversation a little bit. Um, I want to ask you if it's, if it's, if you, if it, you think it's going to be a long answer, it's, that's all right. We got time. Um, you're a big Raiders fan. Whoa. <laughs> you're a big, uh, Garoppolo got signed today. Yeah. That's some big news. Big, uh, big uh, upgrade over Carr. I just don't <laughs> know that he's the answer, but he did well last year. Yeah, he's he's had his moments. He's all right, he's been he's been there. Talk about because um, we've had some friends, Jordy and I. And I'm sure you've had some friends. You talked about it even in 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 sermon about uh, your whole KDWB, not KDWB, Y94 experience <laughs> with uh, with your wife Becky. Um, talk about. Enjoying, I mean, things of the world like football, sure. music, clothing. Um, we had Zane on talking about his new clothing brand, which yeah. obviously is focused towards um, pointing people to God. But I mean, he still he still dresses well. You dress well. Talk about how how as a Christian, as a pastor, what's it? How how do you answer people that say that? Uh, you shouldn't enjoy the things of the world like like secular music, like sports, like secular mm-hmm. things. What's uh what's your answer to that? Wow. Totally unprepared for yeah. for that. Um I'll start with saying I came to know the Lord in a fairly legalistic fashion. Mm-hmm. I I recognize actually the value in that for me, meaning I kind of needed a little bit of like black and white, Mm -hmm. like stop doing these things, stop listening to these things, stop finding your identity in these things. And some of it was feeding some unhealthy things. Like some of the music it was feeding and even with challenging my, my kids uh, about music in, in particular, there is an element of what are you feeding on, you know, and, and, and is that influencing how you're thinking my big thing with my sons was the way women were talked about. And so the, that some music has women in, in not a positive light, how they're, how they use descriptions to, to talk about women. And we won't say that on this podcast freaking <laughs> is high level enough, but, but that, that was the piece where I was, when I was sharing specifically with my sons, you, you have sisters you know, do you want them to hear? And so actually I feel like as the 
they have actually stopped some of that, which was a, a win. But not all. I mean, there's music I listen to that doesn't say Jesus is king. You know, like, and so I think the element, you have to filter that through what season you're in and also, like, where are you finding your identity? Because we do. I mean, we are tribal in a sense, like sports, mm -hmm. yeah. Raiders fan. Like, when did I start rooting for the Raiders? Well, when I realized Ice Cube and NWA and, I mean, that. Yeah. That ain't a glor that ain't a God glorifying album. Uh and that my parents hated it and that they have the coolest colors. And Bo Jackson, come on somebody. Bo Jackson breaking bats, hitting. So anyways, so that's that was that is kind that is a part of like who I am and how I identify and dress, caring about what I wear, I think is important, not because the name of our church is relevant. Uh but that's just for me as an individual i want to i want to look nice i i wear mostly vans 90 percent of the time that's the church planner preacher and sneakers element you know that's about as high high end as we get so i think i think coming back to that can you be in the world and not of the world and recognizing that that's not where i find my identity per se like i don't feel like if I'm wearing, you know, fancy clothes that I'm going to be noticed more, but I personally feel better and at ease. And so I'm okay with that. So I think back to that, can a Christian be involved in some of that? I think the, the better, the better quick question is why do we think it's so important that Christians have to xyz mm -hmm. look a certain way dress a certain way act a certain way listen to this listen to that i do think there's an element of guarding your heart mm -hmm. i think there's an element of not having idols mm -hmm. i think there's an element of if you're spending 500 dollars on a coat but not tithing that's an issue mm -hmm. um, you know mm -hmm. remember guys one of my first pastoral advice to you is that if there's a problem, it's probably because you're not tithing or praying. Mm -hmm. Come on. <laughs> By the way, that's sarcasm for <laughs> anyone who didn't catch that. But I'm saying if, you know, if you're mismanaging your money because you want to spend, you're overspending or you're, mm -hmm. you're, you have to have the best, but you're not actually, you know, God isn't king over your finances, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. If you're wearing something that is distracting and... You know, anyways, so I think there's an element of I care way less about that yeah. than I did before. But I, I I think that it can be a beautiful way to show your individualism mm -hmm. and to say like, hey, I'm a I'm a Packers fan or I'm a, I'm a and that's fun. Like you can it gives you an opportunity to go. Why? Yeah. <laughs> You know, what well, and if thinking, yeah. right, I would say if you are a Packers fan, it, like it's good to know the character of the person coming in like right away. And that really reveals it off the bat. We're so. going to do a salvation call at the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just encourage all of you to leave your cult and follow Jesus. The uh, I, I think a big part of it, too, and, and this is something for me, like I, I don't know that I have like a brand that I tend to or like. 
I guess I dress fairly casually, but like. But you got a man bun, bro. That yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a thing. It's it's up there. Can it's I the tell you thing a about funny me. a funny article I just saw, and I don't even know if it was true, but it was funny. It was about man buns. Yeah. So it said it said a local man was arrested. It wasn't here, but it's like a newspaper article for cutting. I think it was like twenty seven man buns off of some. Like he literally went around the city and cut twenty seven, and it says. It quotes him. He says he was doing the Lord's work. Ah, uh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. So when I got baptized, <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite baptisms ever. I think we got a picture of you laughing oh, afterwards. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, everyone thinks that it's just like purely joy of the Lord right. on my face coming right. out of the baptism. So Travis baptized me like I don't know. Seven years ago, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, and as it was going down, my my man bun got caught on the edge of the baptismal, and I never actually was submerged. We smoked his head. We smoked yeah. the back of his head. Yeah. So you can like, as I'm coming out, I'm laughing. Like we're both laughing, and you can see like my shirt is clearly wet. Yeah, but and my head is clearly not. Yeah, that's um, funny. So if he says something, it's just because his. His head wasn't sanctified. The man bun kept him from it. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe there's arguable that that guy was. I did. Uh, did you well, redip? So I, did you redip? I did, yeah. Nice, nice. I told, uh, I, I mean, I came to you right after. Yeah. I was like, Travis, it, you know, it says, like, if right. your hair is getting in the way of, like, <laughs> you know, do I need to go get a haircut? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, but we actually, we went to Detroit Lakes that afternoon. Oh, that's and cool. And I told... Uh, I told John C. Oh, one of it. our friends about it, and he goes, and he just, let's "Oh, dip, yeah. and he, I mean, he like picked me up and threw me in the oh, water." Oh, like, that's cool. Let's just let's just do this. We'll make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's hilarious. That's Sorry, uh, I interrupted about the man bun. You were talking. Mm-hmm. You were talking about not having a style. Yeah. Oh, go about that. Thank you. Forgot about that. Um, I yeah, I was just gonna say like, when I. It 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 impacts my mental health so much, mm. like the clothes that I wear. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, maybe people will judge me for this, but like, like my appearance has been a big part of my mental health struggle. Like wow. I'm overweight and that bothers sure. me. And yep. like, so if I'm wearing clothes that like, it's obvious that I'm overweight, that really like mm. gets to me and I feel like I understand all day. that. Um, yeah. And so like, if I don't have clothes that fit well or I don't have clothes that make me feel like I'm like I, I don't feel comfortable and that my mental health is like is off do you day. think it's total total random side note curious about this because yeah. I totally relate to that I'm a big boy um <laughs> do you do you think that some of that though is the transition of I'm an athlete I was like at a you know maybe peak physical and now I'm not that I, meaning like you don't have the margin and time to, to commit to what you were before. Do you think it's like an identity piece of like, I'm transitioning into something different? Maybe, maybe a little bit. Um, so I, I, we've talked about it on here too, that I, I'm, I've been medicated. I was diagnosed sure. with anxiety and depression right. three years ago. Um, but so one of the side effects of the meds I was on was oh, gaining wow. weight. Wow. Um, and so while there were aspects of my life that improved drastically, right. it also was kind of working against itself because that it like, 
I think I put a lot of value in like your appearance in my appearance sure. and thinking like if I'm overweight, I'm less valued. Yeah. And if I don't look a certain way, I'm less valued right. as, you know, like as a teacher, as a pastor, as a whatever, you know, um, and there's something to be said about being healthy. Like right. I am better at those things if I'm healthy. Yep. Um, but I was putting way too much in it on the physical appearance side. So the meds were kind of working against themselves too. Interesting. Um, yeah. And so like I'm, I'm off meds now and I don't know. This now is, you're going to, now you're going to, you're going to destroy the dad bod. Well, I mean, I'm on my way. So Let's like, go. like genuine, genuinely just by not being on the meds for the last it six helps. months, I've lost like 20 pounds That's awesome. and I haven't really done anything more. Wow. Um, and I feel better. So like, by the way, I never knew that like, wow. Dirty, yeah. So dirty, like, is struggling with this. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Like I really struggled with it and I also kept it really close to me cause right. I was also ashamed of struggling with it. That's it was a just, big thing, man. yeah, it was really crazy. Um, and I don't know, like now I'm talking about it really publicly and I've actually not really ever talked to anybody about it. Wow. Um, I like barely mentioned it to my counselor one time. But you're in but, a safe place. Yeah. And right. really you have the whole element of I can cut this out later if I want to. So that's you can exactly say, right. You can just yeah. Say, yeah. say whatever you want. No, I think it's a big <laughs> deal for you to, to say th- things like that because it's it is an element of c- kind of coming back to what Nick was saying. How do you find your identity? It's okay it's okay to like wear certain clothes or have a certain style and, and frankly mine somewhat changes. Like some mm-hmm. of it is like if my kids are like dad, that's out. You know, but I'm not fully into the homeless pants yet. I can't <laughs> like the the capris, the men capris. Like, right. uh, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm not sure that I'm ready to make that step. Yeah. And my skinny jeans are out, but I just really like mine. So, anyways, I I have transitioned into the more of like the jogger, sure. the khaki yeah. jogger thing. So yeah. I'm kind of hybrid right I now. I think my, if I had to put a title on my aesthetic. It's that I could go golfing at any moment. Well, you have a Carhartt. You have a Carhartt vest I have a, on right yeah. now. I don't love jackets either. Oh, sure. But anyway, um, Carhartt vests are kind of a uh, a necessity for the podcast. Well, both of you have one. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of jealous. We'll get you right one. Yeah, yeah, they're nice. Yeah, it's your parting gift. <laughs> <laughs> we have that guy. That's awesome. We have that podcast. Man. I don't know if I answered your question though. I mean that. that I think you did. I think with the intentions is a big one. Right. Um, but also I think it's, it's, you can't be in, in a, in any sort of community if you don't have a passion for something. It's a conversation piece. Sure. Um, that's one of my favorite things about, like, I, obviously I, 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 I like having nice shoes. Yeah. That's something I like to have. And, uh, Working at a school, yep. it's an easy conversation 100%. thing. Kids yeah. love shoes. Kids love style. Yep. I don't have a great style, but I, I, I love talking with kids about it. Yep. And it's, it doesn't close me off. Yep. Like I can only talk about, not saying it's a bad thing, but if I, if I didn't have that and I only want to talk about the Bible with them, I can't do that at school. Right. 
I can't have that kind of community at school. I had a guy that and it's just amazing yeah, like that. He said that he loved that I was wearing Vans. Yeah. Like he was he's like I love that like I was like this is he said this is a church I can come to. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny like I just they're comfortable. I'm not even I'm not a skater. I've never mm-hmm. done an ollie in my <laughs> life. Like what the heck? Yeah, not yet. Right. Yeah. Not yet. Um <laughs> uh, but one of your nine kids will teach you. Right. <laughs> There's there might there might be odds that they would help me. So <laughs> I I do I again I think it's something that sometimes I think Christians in general they really love to focus on stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm no that's that's really blunt, but I, I see that in scripture too. Paul was like, avoid ridiculous conversations. And in and, and that case, he was saying about genealogies and this, and, that. you know, I think it's really easy for us to get distracted. And, and I think it's, it's, it's like, what's the, like, my thing is like, are you loving your neighbor as yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. or are you, are you, you know, we've been for preaching through first John and, at church and it's just been like john is savage i mean he's just like mm-hmm. if you love god but hate your brother you don't really love god yeah. you know and it's so it's like can we just do that mm-hmm. yeah. and not worry about whether or not someone's music is appropriate or mm-hmm. um and i'm preaching to myself here but my standards and i'm re- i've been realizing this that what god really cares about isn't necessarily what kind of shoes or, or, or he wants people to be clothed and fed and all that. But what he really wants his people focused on coming back to accelerate the nonprofit Mm -hmm. is like, does, do we care about people? Yeah. You know, and do we care about, so I think that's a piece of like, I haven't really honestly put a whole lot of thought into your question in the sense of, I just buy what I like and, mm-hmm. and wear what I wear. And sometimes I might listen to inappropriate music and, but that doesn't, that's not a stumbling block for me anymore. Mm-hmm. So. so I think one of the, one of the most profound, um, I guess like evangelistic conversations I've had with someone was we were working on the golf course together and we were like, we knew we were going to be together for eight hours that day. Wow. Like raking. So, we're going to talk all Get day. There's nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or a burn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but our, like we started that conversation. I said, Hey, I know you're a music guy. I don't think music gets better than the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, I'd like to hear what you think. Wow. And that's where we started. Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, that's the, what you said. It's the peak of human performance. I might I have fully to listen believe to that. that. I am just, it's so good. I n- did not think that was what was going to come out of your mouth when you said it's, it's the, the best. actual best. Yeah. And what did he say? He agreed. He wow. said it's fantastic. And we talked about how much we love Phantom of the Opera for a while. Um, and an hour later, we we're both crying, talking about shame and guilt that we've held on to since he was like six. Wow. So like like Nick's saying like you don't have to be like fully fully of the world and know everything about right. like but there are things that you enjoy yep. that don't 
change the core of who you are. Yeah. I think finding that common ground, yeah. like yeah. what you just said, like it's finding like, like I love fantasy football, like in Nick, we go at it every year, you know, like it's fun to like find that common ground that isn't, you know, when you say, well, that's not necessarily like a Bible verse, mm-hmm. but like that is, that is a connection point. Yeah. You know, it's a way for, it's like the, the watering hole. Like when Jesus went to the, the well and was talking to the woman at the well, that was like a common place for people to go to where they could, you know, and so, and Jesus used illustrations that were common illustrations for sometimes we miss like some of the nuances that are in that of what he talked about. And so I think, I think that it can be a, a wonderful thing. It can also be a thing to say like, okay, like, do you really like, if you can quote more of your political rhetoric than you can the, the, the word, yeah, there might be a misappropriation of affection there. So I think the one, I think the most convicting moment of the most convicting moment of ministry for me um, was when I was still at Relevant. Mm. And for some reason, I never talked to anybody about it. <laughs> you talked to the Holy Spirit. I talked to the Holy Spirit. Yes, about there you go. It. But I never, I don't know, whatever. Um, I was sitting in, in a service, and I, I, wasn't, I wasn't leading worship that week. Mm-hmm. But I was in service. We were worshiping, and they played a song that I hadn't heard before. And I was like, oh, cool. And then as the song was going, I was like, okay, if I was leading this song, <laughs> I would follow with this one. Mm-hmm. And then probably close with whatever. And then I finished like, man, I'm getting good at this worship <laughs> thing. Like I'm figuring it out. And then 10 minutes later, I'm sitting there and it just hit me like, I, I can figure out what worship song I'm going to put with that one, but I can't listen to that song and tell you what scripture is coming from it. Mm, mm. Like that is backwards. Yep. I'm like worship was an right. idol. Mm. And so like sometimes even good things yep, yep. can be put in the wrong place. You 100%. Know? Um, yeah. And that like, that wrecked me. You know, mm. I, I pulled way back and like, I didn't even listen to worship music for a while after wow. that. Like I can't cause I, like worship has a place in my heart that it shouldn't. Mm. And I went away from it for a long time. Right. You know, so. I, I think, I think back to that theme and I know we probably have to wrap up because you might have to make this a two part where we got some. Long- Made that decision a long time oh, ago. Oh wow, cool. Yeah, we wow. just keep going. Love it. Um, I think that when it comes when it comes to to worship i actually think and this is a this is a i'm a big nt right fan which that's a might be a kind con- you can ask him anything oh man literally anything you yes want. his his frame his how he frames the gospel and the emphasis of of the gospel has really brought such uh, a kind of a beauty and a re I bet my theme verse this year and I didn't even realize how much it was my theme verse it's in Psalms 51 and David you know he failed big time had the fair killed Uriah slept with Bathsheba 
and that's a prayer of repentance. But there's a line in there that I've just been, it's been my prayer, restore to me the joy of my salvation. And just like Becky and I laughing, you know, our life is really intense. It's, mm-hmm. there's my, like, we found out the history of the, our last daughter that we adopted and it was as bad as like worse than we could have thought. And I mean, I've been in ministry since 99, yeah. one of the most horrific stories and she's my daughter. So there's a weight and there's a heaviness, but like there's joy and salvation. And even though we're doing that, we're carrying that we can laugh and we can, like God has a joy in that. And so I think that that, that piece of rediscovering on a consistent basis of who God is and what matters and what's an emphasis to him, that idolatry piece, yeah. I actually feel like is a massive theme that sometimes is missed out on in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Jews were all about like, you know, um, I can't remember what it's called. Deuteronomy 6, 4, you know, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love him with all all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that's what Jesus, when he said, like, this is the most important thing. I think things that keep us from fully loving the Lord, and it can be said, it, like, our family can be an idol, yeah. mm-hmm. are, are, and I'm not to say that our family shouldn't be a huge priority, but I think there's there should be an honesty, like, in the sense of saying, Okay, if Jesus is first, but I'm choosing a soccer tournament over making kids, you know, youth, and yeah. there's there's a disconnect there. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's an element of even not understanding what is idolatry. Like, in in T. Wright's a big, like, the cross. Yes, it was about atonement, forgiveness, but it was also about destroying any power in our life, anything that ha- that we give more power to or takes control over our life than Christ was demolished on the cross. And I, th- I love confronting idols yeah. in, in the sense of, I think Christians have a lot of idols. Yeah. I think politics is an idol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think we should almost have you on to talk about that <laughs> specifically sometime. Cause that, we made a list of things we want to talk about this year and idols was one of them Yeah, because I realized sometime over the summer that like I've had the, like the picture of idols wrong in my head. Yep. And like every time I have a, every time I think about or hear a message of like, get rid of the idols in your life. I literally sit there and think like, I literally don't have an idol. Like mm. there's, there's nothing that I'm like, you know, there isn't anything that I'm literally like putting on a pedestal and worshiping, mm-hmm. but like there's, there's so much more to that conversation because there's so much more to the way we define worship. Yep. And when we look at the way that worship is defined throughout all of scripture, yep. not just the way that we define worship in the Western church as the, as the songs like, you sing in a, in yeah, a service. Right. right. Like there are things that I'm worshiping before God. Yeah but I had to like, I have to understand what the Bible actually means by worship and like what it actually means to put something before God. Can I, can I say, I want to come back to something I said that might be in the last podcast that we said, cause you (laughs) might split this up, but I talked about trauma informed. Yeah. Mm I actually think trauma is an idol. Mm. I think trauma is an idol 
and I want to be real careful here because I know we're becoming as a society way more aware of the effects of trauma. I was diagnosed with PTSD. Mm-hmm. And so something I didn't realize until I started going through therapy that when I was talking about two years old, yeah. my dad leaving, some of that was he had flashbacks. Some of them were fairly scary. They involved me in, in our home. And my dad was a veteran uh, from Vietnam. And anyways, so even that, like I'm becoming more informed, I'm understanding it, but being obsessed more with pain than healing. And one of this is really interesting. This doctor said we were talking about our, my children and, and actually they were diagnosed with something and, and, and some, somehow along the lines, trauma came up and because psychologists and therapists are really starting to understand how trauma has affected a lot. My wife is obsessed with reading books on trauma because our kids have experienced so much of it and it does shape how you think and how you form. But he said this, he said, listen, trauma informed therapy. He said, I think if it's only trauma informed is actually a detriment to the identity that, and he wasn't talking about, there was nothing spiritual. He was saying the identity of this kid, and this is the example they used. He said, okay, so say I'm, I'm helping a 16-year-old girl, and she's having to deal with, I was molested by my uncle when I was three or four, and she's having to deal with the, the repercussions of that. 100% when you're 16, and if you've never dealt with it, it will absolutely have shaped how you view sexuality, how you view yourself how you view sex, how you view the other gender, all these different things. Well, that event can form how you think. And he said, but if the goal isn't to get her to be able to look in the mirror and say, I'm a beautiful woman and I can have intimate relationships with people. I can love myself. I can love another person. If the goal isn't to get to that point, then if all we're doing is talking about her trauma, then she's going to find her identity in that pain and that event, and that will shape her for the rest of the life. The reason why we deal with that trauma and we deal with that event is so that she can process it, that she can recognize that it wasn't about her, it was about the other person, that she can recognize the lies that she believed about herself and other people as a result of that and be able to get to the point where she can look at herself in the mirror and go, I can be loved and I can love others. And I was like, preach that homie because, because so back to the whole idolatry piece, there's something appealing about being the victim. There's something appealing about going now, I do think we have made a point in society where we have suppressed a lot of our trauma or our pain, even religious trauma. It's important. The church needs to be exposed for some of what it's done. It's toxic practices. However, there has to be a balance. Meaning if all I'm obsessed is with how wrong the church is and I'm not willing to recognize well what was the purpose like what did God intend and how am I a part of building what God intends for the church and and its role in the community and what God says about it 
but all I'm just like, I think sometimes pain and trauma can be an excuse for not moving towards what God says. And I'm not talking about bypassing it. I'm not talking about minimizing it. I'm not saying that it's not significant or important because you better believe that we have to deep dive into these issues with my kids and even myself. Um, but I think it's an idol we worship. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I know that was a rant. That was the conviction hour of yeah. this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the same thing about mental health too. You know, right? It uh, in a lot of ways, I think it's become a badge of honor. Like, mm. like I'm too depressed today. Right? You know, and like there, I mean. Yes, if you are too depressed, then yes, you're too, like that's okay. Yeah, we're grieving with you. Yeah, we're, we want to carry this with you. But, but we like, don't want you to we're stay more there. like you said, we're more than our pain. Right. You know, like our value isn't the sum of our parts. Our value is so much greater. Yeah. Like because of Christ in yep. us, and you know, like that's uh, that that's I think I keep coming back to that in our youth group. Like, mm. man, apart from apart from knowing the love and sacrifice that Christ made and what that means for you, I think the second thing I want you to know is your value. Yeah. Like I, there's so much value in knowing how valued you are Yeah. and how much more you are than the things that you are, the things that you've done, the things that have been done to you. Like you're not defined by that, you know, I just beautiful. And that's the gospel. Yeah. Right. You know, that Jesus came because we're valuable to him. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's before we could add value, mm-hmm. we were valuable to him, which is like wild. And I think that coming back to the, all those things that kids, what youth are finding identity in, you know, like part of the whole, that transgender piece is I think there's such a disconnect with, um, like, there's an element of I see the attention that I can get in this and I'm instead of recognizing they're just hungry for love and connection. And instead of making that like from a Christian perspective, like if that person's in your youth group or in your church, instead of that making the focal piece of, well, I can't do this because they're, I need, I need to correct them. And I need, it's like, really? No, like just be their friend. Like, like, is there some nuances and do I do the they and the, I don't freaking get that. I don't, under, I don't, I'm not saying that, that you shouldn't try to respect or, or, or recognize that why they think the way that it is. I just want to know them as a person and as an individual, not as the thing that they have tried to find acceptance in. And we talked about this on Sunday that forced acceptance is really a lie. It's not, it's not forced inclusion is not really inclusion. You know, and so like kingdom inclusion is the goal. Like it comes through Christ, you know, and it and it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. And so so I think people are really longing for acceptance and part of why they're putting that piece out there, whether it's you're a Packers fan or or you're it's this element of I'm trying to find common ground with you and sometimes we find common ground in our mental health and I do think it's a conversation that the church has to embrace and get out, like stop being afraid of that and, and normalize the fact that we all got stuff. And sometimes it's really great to label what that thing is so we can get help for it. That's it's the beautiful thing about what you're training for. It'll help you help people in a way that I don't have that same knowledge and that education. Um, but the goal I think has to be, how do we, 
how do we get back to this place of understanding that we are made in the image of God? And the, my life is becoming to the process of that word salvation means to be made whole physically, emotionally, spiritually, like there's a process of I'm being made whole. I am an image bearer and I have value to add. And like you said, what I've done before, what's been done to me, that doesn't have to be the sum of my identity. I'm going to learn from that. I'm going to recognize that it, it affects how I make decisions and even what I want to worship. But I'm not going to make that the focal po- point of my life. So we really covered a lot of stuff, guys. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Um, so we do ask one question to close, if you don't mind. Let's do it. Um, the, the, so we want to hear from everybody because it's, it is unique. You know, it's the relationship piece with God. Um, I don't even remember. I've listened to your podcast before, <laughs> and I don't even remember what this question is. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. So. I will say also that we aren't always great about remembering to ask it. Oh, so, wow. Wow. so sometimes we forget. But anyway, um, the question that we want to ask is, is how do you know that it's God speaking to oh, you? Oh, that's right. As opposed to, you know, you. you. Yeah. I love my son's answer on this, by yeah. the way. It was so good. I was like, yeah. I'm a proud father. Yeah. I'm going to just reiterate if you've listened to the episode with Zane or if you haven't. He's 19. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Yeah, but anyway. He's, he's, they're my legacy. They're the best of me. I'm so proud of my kids. So, whew, now I'm getting weepy. Um, yeah, thanks for the Kleenexes. Um, you know, I want to go to pastoral mode here. Like, I just want to, like, quote the scripture. And I do think one of the things that one of the biggest things that we are missing in the church is the emphasis on every follower of Jesus can hear the voice of God. Yeah. I mean, it's so clear in scripture. I mean, my sheep know my voice, yeah. you know, Romans, the children of God are led by the spirit. Mm-hmm. It is great. It's Jesus. It's better for me to leave so that the spirit can come like it's over and over and over and over again in scripture. So how can I know that I know that I know that I know that I'm hearing from God? I think there's multiple ways. One, I think you need to recognize your personality and that actually your personality, who you are is going to influence how you hear God. So for example, there's some people that they really connect with the Lord in nature and well, okay, well, that's in Romans one. It says that God speaks through nature. And so that might be a huge avenue of how you, and when you say here, it isn't necessarily like we see Elijah. I think it's Elijah like saying the still small voice, right? He didn't speak in the thunder. He doesn't speak. So like there's multiple ways I think in how, people hear from the Lord and it isn't always this Nick Jordy by the way I've been waiting to lean in all (laughs) podcasts for that moment when I hear podcasts and you know like he comes in you know anyways so I I don't think it's always that and and I think he can speak through people I mean my wife speaks like God speaks through my wife I would say besides the the scripture 
in my prayer time, my wife is the primary, one of the primary ways I hear from God. Yeah. God can speak through a doctor that isn't even saved. Yeah. You're going to have a heart attack if you keep eating chicken fried steak every day. <laughs> the Lord gave him that insight right. and that wisdom. So you better hear, you better listen to that. You better, you better hear the weight of that. I mean, I think the primary way is through the Bible, through scripture. However, I would say you better make sure you have the right lens in the sense of this happened recently. My daughter actually was feeling a ton of shame from being in the Bible because her filter was like, wow, I'm not this and this and this and look at all these things that I'm. So we're trying to help her see, OK, well, look at this scripture, you know, that the righteousness of God comes in Jesus. And so anyways, I think that that understanding the filter, understanding your personality, understanding um, hearing from God from other people, if you're married. That's why it's so important who you choose, who you marry. Like the premarital piece is so huge. Um, that's why it says really clear in scripture. Don't be unequally yoked. Like knowing that God's going to speak through your pastor. God's going to speak. Side note. A lot of people love to go to church. They don't always love to be pastored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd encourage you. Yeah. I'd encourage you if you're in church to not just go to church, but let your pastor pastor you. And if you can't do that because you don't trust your pastor, then find another church where you can. Jordy's church is amazing. You should go to his. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so anyways, I think there's like, there's lots of ways. And I, I think that sometimes we kind of get stuck in the one thing, but recognizing that God can speak in a lot of different ways and, and, and being confident that he, he does speak to you if it's in line with the word, if it's in this, my, my coming back to what my son said, if it's in line with the spiritual leaders that you trust. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, if it's in line with the spirit, just go. And I'm telling you, we have taught our kids to hear from God. And I think so. It's, I think it's so important it's something to be cultivated. It's something to be confident in. So hopefully that was an okay answer. No, that was great. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to add maybe to that, but in, in the last episode, the, the Kanye follow-up that Nick and I did, um, I talked about wanting to hear from God and, you know, intentionally taking time in wilderness, like, Mm. And as you were talking, I realized, like, I think what I was doing was, like, giving God an opportunity to talk to me, which is, like, he's going to talk to me when he wants to, you know? Like, I don't have to give him that chance. Yeah. And going places, like, going to a place where you know you'll find rest. Yep. Good thing. Yeah. I find rest in wilderness. Yeah. But I don't have to go to wilderness to hear God's voice. That's good. I don't have to. I can, and he will. But he will also talk to me in the chaos of, like you know, the heart of downtown. He can get your attention, you know, and sometimes if if like you don't, if you, sometimes you feel like he's silent. And I was like, Ooh, I don't like seasons like that. But, um, one thing about this too, when you're talking about prayer in particular, this was really challenging and I'm like actually being convicted as I'm saying it. Cause I'm like, wow, I need to do this more. Uh, especially as a pastor, sometimes you're like, I just need to hear from you. Like, what do you want me to say on Sunday? Or what do you want me to say in this counseling as opposed to what do you want to just say to me? Yeah. 
but like prayer time, I mean, I'm so guilty of just, even this morning, my prayer time, pretty confident most of it was me saying, you know, going through my thing. I have like this track prayer, which has helped me. Like, it's like the Lord's prayer is like a track prayer. Like you go, you can go like go through it through your, anyways. But did I stop and just say, okay, Lord, what do you want to like prayer is two ways. And so many times I think we're just like, blah, 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 blah. You know, and even like part of like what I was saying, like our tracks at church, we're trying to create space. And we have these stations in our church where we're trying to create spaces for people to hear and engage with God in prayer. And I really came to the realization probably about three or four years ago as a pastor. I know this is sad that we're halfway into our church plant that I came to this realization, but it is what it is that you could have a full church, but if people don't know how to hear from God or how to lead their family or what's the point? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not doing my job. And so I'm not saying we're crushing in that area, but that's, I think, like helping people know that they can and and giving God an opportunity on a consistent basis. I'm going to quiet. I'm going to quiet myself. I encourage you. I mean, I'm just, I'm going to go into a ministry moment right now. Uh, I encourage you. You're listening to this podcast. I think maybe the Lord's like, Hey, like even after this, if you can just, if you're on the way somewhere, you're driving somewhere, just take like two minutes, three minutes, quiet your heart and listen to what God wants to say to you today. I would say this to 90% of the time when I go to prayer and I say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to tell this person? The first thing he says is tell him I love him tell them I love them, mm-hmm. you know? And so I uh, just quiet your heart, let your father speak to you can be transformational. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it there. I Let's know there's go. so much more that we could say and hopefully good. there's so much more that we will say. I really um, enjoyed this, but, uh, thank you so much for being here. Um, taking the time to do it. Yeah. I know you've got a lot of things, a lot of plates spinning. So, Becky um, goes, I can't believe you're doing this. I'm like, I am looking for it. <laughs> this is like, it was a busy week for us or whatever, yeah. but I really am honored to do yeah. this. So. Uh, and I, I always say too, like, we are honored as well because it's just, um, you know, there's a part of you that has to believe in what we're doing enough Absolutely. to do it with us. So just yeah. running after this dream with us, we just, we really appreciate it. So yeah. thank you. Amen. So we will, uh, we'll be back soon mm-hmm. with another wonderful episode for y'all. Thank you for listening to the Unified Gospel Podcast. Episodes will be releasing on Monday mornings. And as always, if there's someone you want to hear from or something you want us to talk about, please let us know on Instagram or catch us at a local coffee shop.